Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So Satan anti-God replaces himself. Satan is now God. The Antichrist replaces Christ. And the false prophet replaces the Holy Spirit. And so we've rid the world of God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now we have Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. There's your new one world religion. 100% void of anything of God. And the penalty to refuse to worship them is death. Satan is jealous. He does not like our love and worship going to God alone. There will come a day when he will have those who are left on the earth worshiping him. He will think he's one. The world will be deceived by him. That's why we need to be the light now in this dark world. Christ followers need to serve God, to worship him now when it's easy. Pastor Mark will challenge us to live our lives so that others will see the truth and not be deceived. Every person will have a choice to make, and Pastor Mark teaches us that one choice can lead to eternal life. Remember, there is quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now open your Bibles to the book of Daniel, chapter 8, verse 25. Let's join Pastor Mark for our continuing study entitled, The Spirit of the Antichrist Has Arrived. I st- How many presidents over the last 70 years have tried to solve the problem in Israel with the Israelis and the Palestinians? How many times have we heard, well, they're at the peace table, looks like it's going to be pretty good, and what happens? This man will solve, immediately at the beginning, will solve the Mideast peace puzzle. So much so that he will make a seven-year treaty with Israel and allow them and the Palestinians with that treaty, allow the Israelis to rebuild the temple, which is now in the Temple Mount, controlled by the Muslims. Every time we go to Israel, we go up there, and it can't take a Bible, so I take my iPhone, and we teach, and we show what's going to happen. See, that looks impossible. If you try to say to the Palestinians today, if you'll allow Israel to rebuild the temple, it'll be peace. You'll never see it. But this man will broker that peace. It'll be temporary because what happens, now when that happens, here's what the Jews say as people. As you know, the Jewish people today, what are they looking for today? They're looking for the Messiah. They don't believe he's already come. So when this happens, what are they going to call the Antichrist? The Messiah. Because he allows them to rebuild their temple and start sacrificing again. By the way, all those tools, all those tools have already been made in Israel. They're waiting for the day. So the first three and a half years, things look really, really, really good. Because they go, this is finally the Messiah. And by the way, he will also, this man of peace as he begins, he will stop terrorism in the world. 
There'll be no more terrorism. Anybody think that'll be popular? Amazing. How can he do this? Well, because he's empowered by Satan. Now, who's left on this earth are unbelievers. Some backslidden unbelievers. So they're clueless. They don't know. And I'll tell you more next week what that's going to happen, what that's going to look like. But there's a plan that the Antichrist has. And you need to see this plan. Look at this. Three things for world domination. He's going to learn to control the government. There'll be a one world government. He'll be in charge of it. I'm going to be glad no more Republicans and Democrats. Hallelujah. All that garbage is gone. But what you trade it for is a demonic leader. Next, there'll be a one world religion. You'll see that in a moment. There's not going to be tons of churches. There's going to be one church. And guess who they're going to be worshiping? The Antichrist. God's gone. Number three, a world has to have finances. This man will be in charge of the economic system. You'll see how it works. So this is his goal. This is how it's going to happen. Now look at verse 4. You're right there in Thessalonians, all of our campuses. Look at verse 4. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God. We're finally through with God, he says to the world. And people go, yeah, the dumb Christians are gone. No more Bible, none of that junk. And that people call God and every object of worship. He gets rid of it all. And then he will even sit in the temple of God, in the new Jewish temple, claiming now that he himself is God. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say, wow, Satan's goal is to be worshipped. Would you turn to your neighbor and say that? Satan's goal is to be worshipped. Now, I showed you the three and a half mark in that seven years. When does... When does all this peaceful kind of thing with Israel stop? Well, in the middle of those seven years, there's an event in the Great Tribulation called the Abomination, and the Tribulation called the Abomination Caused Desolation. He suddenly turns against the Jews. The Antichrist walks in to the rebuilt Jewish temple. He sits down. He proclaims himself to be God. He halts their sacrifices. He sets up an image in the temple, and he basically declares himself to be God, and he says this, the whole world must now worship me. And the Jews go, where we were deceived. He isn't the Messiah. And the Bible says God's going to protect many of them. And maybe to Petra, we don't know, whatever. Because the Antichrist is now going to kill him. He hates Jews, God worshipers. Deceived. Deceived. Look good. Look peaceful. Everything's great. Deception. Now, turn with me to Revelation 13. And we'll see the third party We have Satan, and we have the Antichrist, and now we're going to be introduced to the third person. This is a person called the false prophet. In chapter 13, we're introduced to him as a whole. Watch Revelation 13, 15. Watch what happens. He, the false prophet, was then permitted to give life to the statue so that it could speak. Then the statue of the beast commanded, watch this, The statue of the beast, one world government member, one world religion, that anyone refusing to worship, it must die. That's your one world government. That's your one world religion in control. So the Antichrist will be joined by the false prophet. 
So now what do we have? Look at me. What do we have? We have the unholy trinity. See, Satan is always trying to replace God. So Satan, anti-God, replaces himself. Satan is now God. The Antichrist replaces Christ. And the false prophet replaces the Holy Spirit. And so we've rid the world of God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit. Now we have Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. There's your new one world religion. 100% void of anything of God. And the penalty to refuse to worship them is death. Well, Pastor Mark, how can like that happen? Look at verse 16. He required everyone in the world, small, great, rich, poor, free slave, to be given, here we come, a mark on the right hand or on the forehead so you can be identified, so you can be seen. Well, Pastor Mark, what what is that mark for? Here comes your one world economics. Verse 17, and no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. And the next verse goes on to 666, and I'm not going into that today. So what does the Antichrist say? Look at me. Here's what he says. You take my mark and worship me, or you'll starve to death or we'll kill you. Well, I'm not really into that. It doesn't matter. It's done. That's the rule of the world. You take my mark and worship me, or you're going to be killed, or you'll starve to death. Now, when we begin to see that, we understand as that begins to happen, that that's going to be definitely real. Now, when we begin to look at that, what, what is the, what's behind all this? One thing, write it down. The goal is the whole world worshiping Satan as God. That's the purpose of all of this. Satan wants to be worshipped as God. That's their goal. Now, let me just back up for a second. If you that are listening, because these DVDs and these uh, things on on the web will be very popular during the tribulation, not just mine, millions of pastors. Because people are going to go, I think, I think my neighbor told me about that once or something. Where can I find out truth? I mean, it, it, the web is going to be filled with people searching for truth. By the way, you have it this morning. We're not going into the world clueless. Now, when all of this begins to happen, if you take the mark of the beast, you cannot change. You've lost your soul forever. So what we discover is during, and I'll say this up front now, during the tribulation, we know there's going to be many people come to Christ. In fact, God's going to take 144,000 Jews, and he's going to save them. And they're going to realize, we were wrong. We take the first Messiah. We take Jesus Christ that was here. We didn't realize it. We're, God forgives him, and, and he, actually, he actually protects them. And there are 144,000 Jewish witnesses around the world for Jesus Christ. They're going to be protected. Why? Because God loves lost people. Even when wrath is coming, he loves lost people. Second thing is we see angels are going to be given the world to go to and pronounce salvation in Jesus Christ and none other. And many Christians are going to come to the Lord. Millions are going to come to the Lord during the tribulation. But here's the problem. 
when we read the book of Revelation, we discover that most of those Christians that chose Jesus Christ and refused the mark, they're killed. So this is why the Bible says this. If you can't stand for Jesus Christ today in a free economy, good luck. When you're faced with taking the mark of the beast on your forehead or your hand, and there's no food for your three-year-old, good luck. So that's why today's the day of salvation. I'm not saying this to scare you. It's just realistic. If you can't serve God tonight, when I ask for people at the end of the service, you raise your hand. If you can't say, I'm ready for God, forget it. During then, many will. Martyred for Jesus Christ. Now, when all this begins to happen, remember I said worship. I want you to turn back to uh, Matthew 4, 8 quickly. Matthew 4, 8. You say, Pastor Mike, Satan's going to do this? All of this jazz because of worship? Yeah. Satan is a created being. He's not equal to God. When he was created, he was the worship leader in heaven. And the Bible tells us that one day he said this in heaven. This is before you and I were created. He said this, I want to be like God. I want to rise like God. I want to be over God. I want to be the worship leader. I want to be God. And when he said that, God said to him, to the earth you go. It's over for you. I can't have the vision in heaven. You're gone. A third of the angels went with him. That's the demons that we have today. So this sinful pride was the heart of rebellion and caused him to be thrown out of heaven. Ever since that day, look at me, ever since that day, Satan's trying to get people to worship him. But it's true deception. They don't know it. I'll show you that. Matthew 4, 8. Jesus is in the 40 days of temptation. Look at one of the temptations in verse 8. Again, the devil, Satan, took him up to a very high mountain, Jesus, and he showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their splendor. And notice what he says in verse 9. All this, Satan says, I'll give you if you will bow down and what? Worship me. Satan says, you don't have to go to the cross. I rule the world. I'll give it all to you right now. If you'll simply bow down and worship me. You see, worship is simply to glorify God. It's to assign worth to God. Would you write this down? We were created to worship. And you will worship someone or something. Notice, true worship is to assign worth or value to God. Think how valuable God is to you this morning. Your salvation. When we, sh- when we celebrate communion, everybody's going to do their own communion this morning. And I'm going to have you think for a moment... How valuable, how worthful God is to us. I was created for the pleasure of God. I exist in order to bring pleasure and worship to God. I do that by having this meaningful, loving relationship. Now, I want you to write this down, and then we're going to talk about it for just a second. Next, when you see this next statement, it it may confuse you, but don't let it. No one can worship two gods, but everyone worships one. No one can worship two gods, but everyone worships one. Now, my wife and I debated this last night because it's a little hard. And I want to say this kindly. If you're not a Christian this morning and you haven't come to Christ yet, we're glad you're here. Hopefully this morning you'll do that or soon you'll do that when, when you're ready. But you need to understand this. Now, the word I talked to you today, two words I talked to you today, all day, deception and in worship. If you're not a Christian, then you're not worshiping God. You're not giving worth to God because you don't have a relationship with him. So that means you're worshiping someone. Who are you worshiping? 
you're already worshiping Satan. Pastor Mike, I'm, I'm not a Christian, but I'm not worshiping Satan. There's only two kingdoms. There's only two rulers. You're either in the kingdom of God or in the kingdom of Satan. That's why it's deception. No way. No way when Adam and Eve are there and, and Satan comes to Eve and he goes, you know, if, if you eat of that fruit, you're going to be worshiping me. No, what did he say to her? If you eat of it, you'll become like God. Deception. So understand. You say, well, I'm not worshiping Satan. I'm worshiping myself. Who's behind your evil self? Satan. That's hard. That's really hard. But it's truthful. Now, how is Jesus going to respond to this? Look at verse 10. And Jesus said to Satan, away from me. Watch this. What reasoning is he going to use? I love it. For it is written. It's the word of God. He goes back to Deuteronomy and he says, worship the Lord your God and serve him. What? Tell me. Only. We don't worship ourselves. We don't worship a religion. We don't worship a church. We worship the one true God this morning. Amen and amen and amen. I'm preaching good this morning. We worship the one true God. Hallelujah. He's worthy of our worship right now. Let's just praise him. Let's praise him right now. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy of our worship right now. Hallelujah. You say, Pastor Mark, I'm not like into that kind of stuff. Yeah, I've seen you at the football games. <laughs> now, let me show you this again and tell you. Satan is out to destroy our worship, but we're not going to allow it to happen. But during the tribulation, he forces people to bow down and worship him or be put to death. Now, let me show you why this is short-lived. Take a look. At the end of this seven years is the second coming of Jesus Christ. He comes back to this earth. He defeats Satan, Battle of Armageddon. You've heard it much. Satan has changed for a thousand years. The earth is revamped, kind of like Garden of Eden. But I need to remind you something. When the second coming comes, where are all the Christians, at least those of us that went up in the rapture and the others that were martyred, where are they? They're in heaven. So we're looking down and saying, oh, that was pretty cool, the Battle of Armageddon. Wow. No, when Jesus comes to this earth, to defeat Satan, who comes with him? Raise your hand. Hallelujah. Is it Pastor Mary, we're coming back to this earth? That's yeah, called paradise. You've been trying to get a cruise to Tahiti your whole life. It's going to be paradise. And so for a thousand years is a millennium. A thousand years of forced peace. The minute they're defeated at Armageddon, Satan's chain. The, the false prophet and the Antichrist are put in the lake of fire. Then at the end of, and I don't have time to go all of it today, but at the end of the millennium, Satan is released for a little while. Millions follow him after all this amazing thing with, by the way, there's no more Washington to see. Jesus is on the throne in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. No more talk shows. Praise God. <laughs> no more questioning all that stuff. They're just God. Just God. Good stuff. Now, what happens is he'll be released and then sentenced to join. He'll be defeated immediately, the beast, the prophet, the lake of fire for all of eternity. I, I want you to write this. You say, this looks really bad. It does. 
But there's a great outcome. You need to understand this. Next, last thing I want you to write this morning, God wins, every Christ follower wins, heaven and the earth, heaven, eternity, forever. We are not losers. We're winners. But we cannot keep that to ourselves. We cannot keep this truth to ourselves that there's a spiritual battle. And I want to read to you. I want you to just focus because we're going to take communion in a moment. God loves the lost, and you're going to have a relationship with God greater than it even is now. We can't even imagine. Let me read to you what happens in Revelation. There'll be a new heaven, by the way. After the thousand years, this whole world is going to be destroyed. And we get a new heaven, and a new earth, and a new city of Jerusalem. And so shall we ever be with the Lord." And if you think we're going to be like a little angel with your thumb in the, on a cloud playing a harp, you have no clue what the Bible says. It's going to be beyond belief. It's going to be heaven. It's going to be paradise. And here's, I want you to realize how much worth God has in your life this morning. Listen to this. John writing, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men. And he will live with them forever. Our God who created you, the all-knowing, the all-powerful, the all-God, everywhere at the same, he's going to live with us. Amazing. But look at, they will be his people. It's not a religion. It's very personal. And God himself will be with them and be their God. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things Satan controlled has passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. Not lies, not faults, not deception. So Pastor Mark, what do we take after all this? The reason I put charts up very simply and went through them really quick is we're not focusing on charts. I'm not looking for the Antichrist. I'm not going to be here. I'm looking for the Christ. You see, our focus from the beginning of time has to be Christ. You are encouraged to live now. And you have to understand the life as we read this now and we see that in heaven, we're reminded this morning life is not about Satan. Life is not about you. Life is about God. And we we stop in a moment to celebrate communion. We're going to worship God. We're, We're supposed to remember what God did for us. What did God do? Well, he came to earth as a man. He put skin on and he came to live for us. And he died for you and he died for me. And Jesus on that last night before he was betrayed in the upper room, he said to his disciples, now do this in remembrance of me. Pastor Mark showed us that the Antichrist has a plan for world domination. He wants a one-world government, one-world religion, and a one-world economic system. He wants the whole world to bow down and worship him. But his plan will bring destruction. God's plan for the world brings redemption, love, and hope. We must choose who we will follow because no one can worship two gods, but everyone does worship one. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. 
There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will show us the hope that we find in Jesus. It's a hope that we can look forward to with confidence and expectation. The Antichrist will bring none of this to the world, and that is how we will know the difference between Jesus and the Antichrist. Jesus will bring hope and love. The Antichrist will bring only deception and destruction. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Baum of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living and together, let's do life right. Our eyes have seen and our ears have heard His Word made flesh in a hurting world Giving. Lord, let us hear your lessons for this.